What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vulnerability is the New Sexy. This is episode two, entitled Genius Loading with Donovan Corley, my 12-year-old son. You might ask yourself, if I'm not 12, what can a 12-year-old uh, say that, have, that could have impact on me? Well, in this episode, you'll hear Donovan dive into his own traumas, uh, well, not all of them, but some of them. His uh, his struggle with uh, what's supposed to be a learning disability and dyslexia. The anxiety that he suffered during the pandemic. Uh, some struggles with his relationship or, or actually being uh, the little brother to his older brother. Um, there's a lot of things. And he also touches on his own uh, mental health journey. I was very enlightened. There was things that, you know, I never heard him talk in depth about that uh, were, I don't want to say surprising because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm slightly biased. I, when I say genius loading, I really feel like my son is a genius. Um, and uh, I'm excited for everyone to hear some of the things that he says and the way that he has such a clear insight for someone his age so uh sit back enjoy this episode i'm very excited to share with you my own personal genius loading let's get to it hey everybody welcome to the latest episode of vulnerabilities the new sexy uh Today, as I said in the intro, I'll be talking to a very special guest, my son Donovan. Uh, son, say hello to the people. Uh, hello, people. <laughs> um, the first thing I want to ask you is something I've asked you several times. You probably think it's weird that I keep asking. What I only ask is because you have a unique experience as, uh, that I've never been in a position to experience. So I asked you for understanding just so I really want to know. So I'm going to ask you again, what is it like having a father? Um, it's, it, I, it's pretty nice having a father. Um, I would say that having a father in your life, um, they teach you a lot of things. Um, they, you got more than one father out here? No. Saying? You go talk to your mom about some things? No, that, okay. the, you know, talking about, you know. You're talking about in general? Yeah. That's kind of an unfair question I ask you because you don't know, obviously you don't know anything else. So um, let me ask you this. Is it weird for you that I keep asking you that question? Um, I would say kind of because I don't really understand where you're coming from. Yeah. When I when I when I tell you, or I have a shirt that says, I think I'm wearing it right now. Actually, it says, "I'm a fatherless father." When you see that on your dad, what do you think? What do you feel? Um, I I think I don't really know who I would be if if you weren't in my life. So I don't know who I would be. It's it's uh like I said you know it's 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 hard to know because it's like it's like you you don't know any different right yes um 
let's talk about something uh, a little bit, a little bit different. It's been a, a very tumultuous couple of years for you. A lot of things you've been experiencing um, that you know some might, some could classify as abnormal. But I want to start with a very traumatic day for you, and something that you still uh, experience to this day. The the traumatic effect of is when we lost Eve, which is our first dog. Tell me about that day, what you saw, what you experienced. Um, that day, uh, I, I really, really only remember. I don't remember like getting up or anything. All I remember is I was walking down the hall with her in my arms. And then I set her down and then she kind of bolted outside. Of course, I wasn't really freaked out because this had happened all the time and like nothing had really ever happened before. So I decided, so while Araya and Devin um, were chasing him, I mean her, <clears throat> I, I decided to just, um, I would decide to go wait outside of the car while you were sitting inside. Um, they were chasing, chasing her all around. Um, and then this car came and, and ran her over, um, almost, almost like a speed bump. And, and then it was all really a flash. I, I screamed no, and then you, you jumped out the car and also screamed no. Um, then I remember this lady in the red car. Um, the, the driver that hit Eve drove off. The, uh, this lady in the red car, she, um, she came out and helped us, helped us back inside. You and she told you to go get a towel, and you got a towel and swallowed her, swallowed, you know, covered her up, and then you drove off to the veterinarian. Um, I remember, I tried to watch something, um, but I just couldn't think straight. And the same thing that kept on coming into my mind was I wasn't really thinking of the a bit, the possibility that she might not make it. I was just thinking, like, what would she look like? Would she be, like, deformed in any shape, way, or form? And that's all that was in my mind. And Devin was doing a pretty good job. He was really comforting us. Um, and then you came back home and told us that that she did not make it. Um, the 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 driver that hit you came back. Um, and it was just really a quick apology, and then she left. Really. I actually never knew that. I never knew that the driver came back. I apologize. Yeah. But I I'm honestly I used to be mad at at her, but honest, honestly now I'm not. 
anymore. You know, I can see, I can see that it really wasn't her fault. It wasn't really anyone's fault. Um, and then we went inside. I remember mom walking up to the house with her head down. Um, we, we all just decided, even Araya, we all decided to just stay there, stay at home. And I can't remember what we were watching or doing. We were just sitting there. Araya actually went to school first. Yeah, she. I do remember that she did go to school real quick, but mom, but she just couldn't stay. Right. And you know, she came back home, and I couldn't. I don't know why, but I just couldn't eat anything. Um, which resulted in me kind of getting sick. Uh, a few people came and called, and you know. Brought their apologies for what ha- had happened. Um, I have a very vivid memory of this day. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of things that happened that I don't remember actually happening. I brought this up. People are saying, why is he, why is he spending so much time talking about this dog and, 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 and the trauma? Uh, this, this happened, mm, I guess, three or four years ago at this point, right? Yeah. Yes. And to this day. You still, you know, we have two more dogs now, Shadow and Charlie, and you still uh, have effects from that day, uh, traumatic effects from that day of losing Eve, that when, uh, I know that when somebody is opening either the front door or the back door, you kind of go into a state of panic. What goes through your mind when somebody opens the door? Um... I I would say now I I'm still am worried, but I try my best just to stay still. Um, I feel that maybe you guys might think that I don't really trust you uh, with the dogs, and if I'm being a hundred percent honest, it it's really just kind of a tug of war. Is like you know that they Charlie kind of gets distracted really easily, so and you know she's not gonna really want to explore. But Shadow Shadow's slow, slow, and you know won't really get far. But it's just the possibility of what can happen. Can and sometimes, yeah. And I just I don't like like when. When someone like leaves the door open, or when someone lets them outside without checking if the the gate. Our broken gate door is is you know closed, closed. Yeah. or if the garage garage door is open, mm-hmm. you get really upset. Yes, yeah. and it's taken uh, us as your family a little bit of time to realize. Or recognize that that's that's real trauma for you. Like it's not, and not take it so personal. Like we have to recognize that that's something that you have processed over a long period of time, and it's just taking you a long time to really be okay with, you know, the fact that these two dogs are not Eve, and uh, 
you know, so I appreciate you, you know, kind of going through that and, uh, and, uh, and giving some insight to the real trauma that people experience with their pets. And I think, I think a lot of times if you're not a pet owner, uh, people don't understand the, the actual connection that families have to their dog, the dog, the dog or dogs or whatever pet becomes actual family. Yeah. So I think what you said or what you're talking about is going to, is going to help, help those who have lost a pet or that are have pets. Um, they can, they're going to be able to relate. And those who don't understand that are going to hopefully get some insight to understand why people with pets kind of have a hard time bouncing back after losing one. It's not just another dog. It's an actual family member. Yeah. And just recently, um, well, not recently, but a while back, we talked about apparently that someone snapped a picture of you cleaning up her blood. Really? Yeah. And. Oh, yeah. yeah. On the uh, and they put it on that uh, that Facebook page. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And a bunch of people were arguing about how people shouldn't let their uh, pets not go yeah. on a leash. Blaming us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my aunt actually did jump in and defend us. Um, we, I, I don't understand more so. Um, yes, it's, but yes, you know, they, they really didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, it was. The people online and they just, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's not the real world, right? Yeah. They just don't know what's going on. They see something, they make assumptions, and they just speak on with from a place of ignorance. Yes. But that was harmful. That was hurtful for you, right? Um. Yes, it really was. Because uh, for a while, you blamed yourself. You blamed yes. yourself. Do you think those those online posts contributed to you blaming yourself? Um. No, not really. I wasn't aware of the online thing. I feel like the the reason I kept on blaming myself is because I feel like that the moment where I put her down and when the door was open, that just, I feel like it always replays in my head. You put her down and she took off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I never actually saw her hit, but I was in my car. So I'm looking at your face in my uh, in my mirror, my side mirror, my driver's side mirror. So I saw your face, uh, and I that plays over in my mind over and over again. I saw your face go from regular to this super pained look, and I that I've never saw, and I don't believe I've ever seen since in your face, uh, and that plays over over in my mind. But uh, I'm really glad that you have been doing the work because you have done work to try to. Heal yourself from this trauma. Yes. Are you comfortable talking about some of that or just? Um, yeah. Well, I, I go, I went to therapy for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I would say that that's really helped me go, go through it. She gave you some tools to help you kind of heal from that trauma. Um, I, I've really, all I can do is just, I feel like all I do is breathe and that helps. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I don't I don't know if any other tools really have helped me in the past. Just talking it through though. It's, yes. Yeah. Yeah, some objective. And I know uh, from from a parent perspective, uh, when you agreed to do, because you were resistant at first, you didn't want to do therapy. Yes. And uh, when I when we when we agreed that you would finally just try it out, and you found someone you liked, and I don't to this day, I don't listen at the door, I don't stand over your shoulder, you know, I don't always know what you talk about in therapy unless you bring it up, because it's your personal safe space to talk about whatever it is you need to talk about yeah um so for other young people out there who are being resistant to therapy they don't think they need it or they don't understand it or just don't feel comfortable talking to a stranger what made you finally uh settle in and get comfortable with talking to someone outside of your family um i would say well, I mean, it really was never a problem for me. The only problem I had with um, therapy was sometimes it just got, it felt like a chore and it was boring and I didn't like like it being boring right. at all. Um, that was with other therapists, right? Yeah. So we had to, you know, keep keep trying different therapists until we found one that was more of your style yes i went through maybe three Mm -hmm. that i remember um but now i would say i'm in a much better place i appreciate it all right um move on to something else i want to talk about um some of the some of the things that the entire nation has been experiencing you had uh, in 2020, there was a couple of things that happened that affected you uh, emotionally. The pandemic hit, right? And then um, when the pandemic hit, it forced you to sit at the table and do your schoolwork, uh, you know, via virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to talk to us about what was that like for you and what you were experiencing at that time. Um, well. First, when when we first when the first when pandemic hit and we had to um, you know stay at home, I was in elementary school, the fifth grade, mm-hmm. and it was there really wasn't any any more connection. I don't I don't think we had Zoom then or started Zoom, mm-hmm. so it it just all they would do is send us like a list. And I remember that it was just kind of me and my mom here uh, for that for that um, first few months, I think. It was just me and her sitting here, and I would, you know, do stuff. At the time, your mom was working from home. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... And it was, it was, just wasn't really fun for me, really. Um, and I didn't really get any more, any more of that connection. Um, 
But then we went, then, you know, I got to sixth grade. And that just was, well, first, actually, I had my graduation party, which was virtual. And I actually do remember having to get up and go into the bathroom and just sit down and think for a second. Because I just, it was just, uh, it was bad. I didn't, I didn't like it. The fact that it was virtual? Yeah. And I remember, remembered how it was last year. The teachers did their best to make it, you know, meaningful to us. But I remember how last year for the other fifth graders, it was like a big party and they got to say goodbye to the teachers. So essentially you're saying you felt like they, a moment was stolen from you. Yes. And it was a disappointment to, you know, I mean, even though you, you do appreciate what the teachers tried to try to provide y'all in that day, you still felt like, you know, you're semi shorted. Yes. And then you moved on because we, we actually moved during that time. So we moved during the pandemic. So we're in a different city now. So we're starting a new school, new city. And, um, now, wait, let's show up. And um, here you are starting with new classmates, but you're still virtual. Yes. Um, I never really got to know any of the classmates. Never met them. Yeah, I never had any group projects or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the teachers were, it wasn't, it wasn't good. The teachers were doing their best. Um, but I just, I got in this mindset that I just never wanted to be called. I never wanted to talk. Mm-hmm. And I just dreaded doing homework in any shape or form. Um, even even art which i like to do which is kind of relaxing for me it just wasn't wasn't really fun i remember this one one assignment that we had which was to get on this thing and do like a 3d kind of thing and mm-hmm. edit and it was hard hard to do when it was really really confusing yeah and no guidance yeah so try to figure everything out. Yeah, so, and and mom had gone back to work. I think. Uh huh. So you're. Yeah. So it was you, you and me, but you couldn't be here all the time. Right. So it was either you, or Dev, that was helping me, or it was just me by myself. And I would just, I would. The only way that, the that. The only thing that made me feel better was going outside. And even though I was supposed to just like take five, five minute breaks, I would sometimes raise it to, you know, 10 or, you know, maybe 14 minutes mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to have to go back inside and do the work. You're just avoiding at this point, avoiding sitting in front of that computer. Yes. And the one thing that really stressed me out was looking at my inbox. 
uh, because of how much unwork the work I had it was unfinished. Up. Yes. And these are your teachers, actual teachers, sitting at you're sitting home and they're just piling up more and more and more work. And you're just at home sometimes by yourself trying to manage it all. Yes, and I and you didn't like it, and you know, you used to be a teacher, so yeah. I. Yeah, you know how I feel about it. Not yeah, it's, it's not it's not the way. The way we should be educating anybody, uh, they're just teaching people how to be busy. Um, you mentioned going outside. It's kind of you know how you calm yourself down. That's something you still do to this day. You know, your uh, your grandma bought you a hammock. And oftentimes you'll sit outside in that hammock and uh, for for long periods of time and just kind of unwind. When you get overwhelmed, I notice you get up and you'll go outside and go sit in that hammock. Um, is that the time when you just develop this uh, this coping mechanism to go outside during the during the pandemic? Um, yes, and sometimes it would help just to calm mom. Um, mom calms you down. Yeah, and and uh, talking to you was kind of helpful, but um, well, we talked about this. But for me, you felt like there was some because I'm a teacher. You felt like there was some type of expectation that you needed to uphold as far as your education, and you were more comfortable going to your mom during that time. Yes. Have you learned better since, or do you still feel that way? Um, I I feel like that it's kind of both. I still do like to go to mom most of the time, and and but with you, I I feel like we have a better understanding now. That's good. That's good. I never, uh, I I never wanted to put you in a position where you felt like uh, you couldn't come talk to me about anything that you were struggling with. Because for me, growing up, that was kind of some of what I experienced, not feeling as though I could be expressive. And I want to teach you to try to be, uh, you know, open and vulnerable when you need to be vulnerable, so that you can get what you need out of every situation. And I feel like, and I can't speak for you, but I feel like we're getting much better at that. And you're, you know, you, you're getting, you're getting better at telling me what you need and I'm getting better at, you know, kind of being what you need at, 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 at most times. Mm-hmm. You agree? Yes. yes. Um, but with what you said earlier with going outside, um, yeah, I would just kind of walk around or just, you know, try and watch one of my TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this one thing. This um, it it was like an uh, uh, app kind of that they had us do all our work on, mm-hmm. and it just it was kind of like a substitute teacher almost. Mm. Yeah, and it was just they would we would sometimes do zooms like maybe two times a week. Mm-hmm. And they would kind of teach us some things there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than most times, it was just kind of reading stuff. Yeah. And then we would go in, go into the 
the engine. During this time, I'm wa- I'm watching you sit at the table in utter frustration. It's frustrating for me and your mom because we feel like we're doing as much schoolwork as you are. And this is when we start floating around the idea of possibly withdrawing you and homeschooling you. Yes. You stayed on us. You were like begging us. And we drug our feet for what probably was months before we would make that type of decision because we were both kind of scared about uh, not knowing really what homeschool was. And, you know, there's a period where you got a D school, which means basically there's a couple of months where you don't do anything. And your mom and I were just kind of worried about what kind of effect that had on you. Um, talk to us about that time frame when you're still in school and you're just, you know, the possibility of homeschool is out there and you just want it so bad. Uh, yes, that was the only thing that was getting me through it. It's a possibility of homeschooling? Yes. And I was just trying to do my best so, so homeschool would be the option for you to, um, to choose. And so you try to you try to have a, a strong performance in school, so that there will be a better chance of you, you know, getting 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 us to convincing us to put you in homeschool. Yeah, and that was challenging. Um, yeah, I and and I don't really, I don't really like, to like to ask for help. So so schoolwork school even kind of kind of confusing also. Um. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Also, and also, I I don't really, I don't really remember, remember my dyslexia really hindering my performance. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I I don't remember it really hindering anything. But yes, it was it was it was, it was very very challenging. To, to um, um it was it was very challenging to, to not give not give up no, 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 just, not just quit, quit. so so it comes down to decision decision gonna be homeschooled now. now for me personally as a parent I'm gonna say this uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made and we have as parents because we've got to witness the the changing and stress that you were suffering was very hard to watch as a parent. But for you and your perspective, when we finally made the decision to homeschool, tell me what it was like then, tell me what it's been like since. Um, when, when we first started, you know, it was just the de-schooling. And then we got back on on to, you know, homeschool, which was really just kind of, kind of going, doing math, mm-hmm. math on, um, Khan Academy. yeah, mm-hmm. and also, also kind of just going to the library also. Yeah. This is just me and you just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I would say maybe I might've been a little worried because I, because like we we weren't really you know like talking it was just just Khan, Khan Academy and me yeah and you also tried this um, weird it was 
not weird, but it was like this guy who would yeah. who was trying to do magic and math together. I was doing everything I could. So I was doing everything I could. And yeah. I just I wasn't sure about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, there was this one night where I was, or I I wouldn't say I couldn't sleep. I was just going downstairs to get some water. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally, not accidentally pushed off the cars and I was picking them up on the stairs. And then you, you kind of got up and you, you told me, why are you still awake? You know, and you said something about mom, like, you know, like make this easy for your mom. Mm -hmm. And it really just made me think that this I could see that this was really kind of stressing you guys out. The homeschooling? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I guess it was kind of, you know. Well, it was, it was, it was, uh, it's scary because we are worried about the, when you're a parent, you're worried about almost every decision that you're making for your child and you weren't going to sleep. You know, we didn't, we didn't know if we were like holding you back for years or damaging you for years to come. Um, you know, it's like, we were concerned about teaching you some of the basic things of life, you know, that a, a young person should be doing on their own, cleaning up after yourself, uh, you know, taking care of your personal hygiene, things like that. And like, that's all we were wanting you to do at that time. And you were like being resistant to that, like even just brushing your hair on a regular basis. So that's kind of when I was like, come on, man, I'm trying to because I saw early homeschool was the way, but your mom was much, was much more resistant to it than I was. She was way more nervous about it than I was. So I was basically trying to say, man, please just do these things that, that we want you to do so that, you know, it's, it's an easier sell to your mom. You know what I mean? Cause it's, you know, you know how your mom is. She uh, worries about you and Devin 24 seven, literally every aspect of your life. So, uh, if it looks like it's not working, she's in torment. You know what I mean? But yeah, and I, I think maybe I possibly uh, did not apply or did not uh, allow you to kind of grow into that as healthy as I could have. I, it was kind of a more pressure maybe I put on you to just, you know, make this work, Donovan. Okay. <laughs> so, but let me say we got over that part, right? Yes. Yeah. And I can. I understand why, because my physical appearance, besides like what the clothes I'm wearing, it really isn't a big deal to me. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but that's true. I have been kind of letting my hair get out of hand a bit. <laughs> but you know what? That you know you you are you have gotten better about a lot of the stuff. So you know we're gonna we're gonna highlight the positives. Also during the pandemic. You know, the uh, well, before we go on, uh, talking about homeschool real quick, uh, I think it's important to highlight that eventually we stopped trying to work on just me and you, and we got you in kind of a, a, a homeschool academy. Yes. And I want to talk about this because, you know, it's very important to, to, to note the effect of uh, the Rise Academy and the Afrocentric school that you're in now and what it's kind of meant to you the confidence that's instilled you not only as a, as a young person, but as a 
a young black man? I remember um, it was spring break and we were just playing this game. And then you, I can't, you called her or she called you and you were talking. And I kind of got like. Her being. Yeah, she she sounded about? super nice. Um, oh, uh, volume, volume, my teacher. Okay. And um, and when you told me about this, uh, I went into the mindset of no matter how this goes, I'm going to say no. I don't like it. Mm, right. You didn't want any parts of it. You just wanted to still be me and you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it. No matter how how I how much I tried, I just couldn't say I did not like it. I really liked it. Yeah. And then we just kept on going back. I kept on going back and back. And you were you were in the room with me. Mm-hmm. And when you left the room, it was it was still the exact same. It was just it was really it was just really uplifting it. It just felt good, and being in that being in that environment. Yes, and and I remember this one time we got to meet this kind of executive at um, this executive black woman that was building a name for herself at this at like this company, mm-hmm. and and the chance to meet her was pretty cool. I really liked it. Um, to see, to see, no, no matter how much she was, how much she was, um, discriminated against, she, she just didn't give up. She was still pushing for more. That had an impact on you? Yeah. This was early on when you just like really got into the school. Yes. And now the school, uh, now it's the next year. Mm-hmm. Graduation was pretty fun. I oh, we did do this poetry thing, and I have a really, really huge fear of public speaking or yes. like, you know, going out in pu- public in general. Let's put it out. You have social anxiety. It's really bad. Yes. Go ahead. And I was not gonna speak at all. But when I saw how kids younger, even younger than me, were still doing doing it, I just said I might as well try, and and I, you know, chatted to her privately. Yeah. Can I still do this? And it, and she said yes. She opened the door for you. Yeah, and I was like maybe one of the last people. Mm-hmm. And after I like midway through when I did it. I just didn't feel I didn't it just wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. It was just you know. Yeah. So overall from from your parents at home, you know, we've noticed a change in you confidence wise. And I think it's important to speak on the impact that your teacher has had on you. Um and the way that she has uh kind of put you in a, in a space where you feel confident, you know, being who you are, uh, leaning in, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go on, uh, 
uh, race-wise in this country that have, you know, a strong effect on you. And you being in that space has uh, seemed to done done wonders for you. So talk about the, the that space and the impact that she's had on you directly. Um, the impact I would say that she's had on me directly is really realizing like who who I am and what do I want to do. Is before I just didn't really know. I don't. I still really don't know what I what I want to do. All I know is I just want to get my family in a good place, you know, mm-hmm. like not really like not a care in the world. Like everything is okay. Yes. And that's really important to you. You say that all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she, she has, Wallumu has really helped me realize like, you know, what, what, how can I do that? What's possible? Yes. What's possible? You've even made some decisions, uh, you know, and they can change at any time. But right now you've kind of even made some decisions about college and things like that, haven't you? Yes. So what are you leaning towards right now as a 12-year-old Donovan? What are you thinking about? Um, in what sense? Like what college are you thinking about going to? What type of college? Um. I really do want to go to a um, HBCU. Yes, an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaning more towards Morehouse, but you know, I just there is so much. There's so many um, HBCUs out there yeah. that I haven't seen be seen yet. So, and I've I went on a few college tours before for my brother and his friends. Mm-hmm. And those were kind of interesting, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, with the with the HBCU, uh, it uh, what is what has driven you the most towards uh, those type of spaces? Do you feel? Um, I would say learning about um, history, mm-hmm. like black history, and. Also, learning how how much we've per- persevered mm-hmm. as a race. So overall, you recommend homeschool and Afrocentric schools? Yes. Stamp of approval, everybody. Also, during the pandemic, uh, the country went through kind of a racial reckoning. And I watched you uh, go through a lot. You have a lot of emotions when it comes to watching things on TV or movies that uh, involve racism or discrimination. It's almost like you can't even watch a full movie sometimes without, you know, getting really worked up. Yes. Um, A lot of, I would say a lot of anxiety goes to that. Um, also, um, just, you know, what's happened in the past. There's, um, there was one time I remember where you and I were driving and a police car followed us for a little bit, like a couple blocks. 
never pulled us over, never turned the lights on, but you were terrified. Do you remember that? Um, no, I I really don't. I was just wondering if you if you remember why or what triggered your terror or your anger towards. I remember we tried to watch uh, the movie about the uh, the the Central Park Five on uh, Netflix, and uh, you it was a six part situation, and you didn't make it past the first part. You just burst into tears and ran out the room. Do you remember that? Yes. What is it about these movies or these, you know, even if it's on a TV show, an episode that gets into a, it starts leaning in a race or a racial discrimination or racism, period. What is it about it that bothers you so much? Um, it's just the possibility that it could happen to almost anyone in this house, even me. That just really scares me. Yeah. I know you and your brother sometimes have uh, ridiculous arguments and stupid conflicts that, uh, you know, make me both want, what makes me want to uh, drop kick both of you from the top rope. But uh, I know sometimes there's also like a worry that you have about your brother's well-being. Uh, you want to make sure he's safe sometimes. And uh, so I want to want I want you to speak just if you can to your relationship with your brother and if you can possibly shed some light on it for you know regular people. Yeah. Uh, people besides you and him. Yeah. Um me and Dad's relationship is it's weird. It's like it's either we're both okay or we're both mad at each other. Like there was this re- very long stretch where he, where he did not talk to me. I can't remember. Oh yeah, it's because I told him, like just don't talk to me. <laughs> and you and, got what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, and on two separate occasions, I, I said that I hated him. Um. And you and mom really got mad at that. Absolutely. And at first, the first time I said, I just didn't understand why. I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, the word hate, I'd carried so much power. Mm-hmm. I, just, I thought it was just like, you know, this uh, on the same levels as dislike or shut up or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just, and I got in trouble for it. Um, yeah. Um, me and Dev just, we might disagree sometimes, but I think, I don't know why, but it's just, it's just how our relationship goes. I don't know if it's like us trying to defend ourselves or something, mm-hmm. but yeah, we get in a, into a lot of pointless fights, I say. Like, the one we're going through right now. Um, well, not right now, but, you know, earlier. Yeah. The one with the comic books. He he took some, uh, like, just a few of my comic books, and all I'm asking for is just 
just for them back. I mean, I don't even care if we just share them. Because that doesn't... He takes your comic books. You have a, a, a very large collection of comic books. Yes. And your brother takes them sometimes, and he doesn't return them. Yes, and for some reason, he thinks that he bought those when I know I got those for my birthday. Um. Yeah, and we also got into a fight earlier um, where he mm-hmm. was cleaning up the poop outside. Mm-hmm from the dogs and it was I would hope it was from the dogs but go ahead yes and he went outside Charlie was also outside with this Mm -hmm. and he he was heading towards the I was sitting in my hammock he was heading towards the gate door Mm -hmm. and he just left it open while he was putting it in the trash and Charlie paused for a second and then she started kind of like slowly starting to run and I I yelled Devin and then he got up and closed the door mm. and he was just the it got me mad because he was acting like nothing had happened and I texted him texted him something about like you know you you might have been thanks for cleaning up the poop but that doesn't give you the right to endanger endanger the dogs. You don't feel like he takes your fear of uh, harm to the dogs seriously? No. I Sometimes I don't. And uh, this is when you came and you asked me to help mediate a conversation between you and him. Uh, Yes. That that was kind of for like the comic books and maybe a little for for the dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me see one more thing about your brother before I get off this. Your brother has been pretty much an athlete his entire life. At times, he's been a, a standout athlete. Uh, our entire lives for a while were just consumed with his games, his practices, you know, and all this other stuff. Uh, you don't lean into sports like he did. Was there ever pressure to be the kind of athlete that your brother was? Um, yes. Like, one time, uh, this also has to do with my cousin, Araya, but, mm-hmm. uh, he scored, I'm thinking maybe 20, 28, yeah, and Araya scored above him more, and I just wanted to score a lot of points. I just wanted to be, you know, on their level, but I don't think I... Even I don't think I scored anything actually. Same. It was like all in one weekend. Yeah. Something, something close to that. And I just felt really bad. You know, I just I've always had maybe self doubt in myself. You know. Um. That uh, that I can't do the best the best as I can. Um. And and. And that, and that, 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 that really kind of really hurt. Really hurt. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, and I to, to, to kind of like reach, reach the, 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 I think, standard, what he meant best. And, and, you know, it just, know, it just, I just, I just really could, could. Is that, is that part of the, part of the reason why I need to win the sports sports? Um, um, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I, don't, I, I don't remember, remember this one game, one game where, where it was like, right out, right out, you took me, 
practice practice dancing. Mm-hmm. And and uh, all I could remember was that I, I was just really really good. You know, catch me, catch me. I wasn't. I wasn't. Because I guess I was afraid that they would hit me in the face. And you know, it just I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, yeah, I didn't I have that fear anymore. And I realized I only like didn't catch like one pass. Even though we still lost that game, but you know, it just felt good to you know like be good at something. Yeah. And I do remember that I do did sometimes kinda of cry after the after the bouts, you know. But not anymore. And I think maybe because you were my coach, I don't know. But I just don't, I don't really cry anymore because it just didn't, didn't really matter to me mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. I just, you know, decided to. Let it go a little bit. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'm going to ask you about. Recently, you know, you have you're someone who doesn't leave the house very often. You don't like to leave the house. Uh, you don't separate yourself from your home. But recently you were gone for a couple of weeks and you got out of your comfort zone and you went up to Minnesota, took a trip to Canada. And I just wanted to talk about what was that like for you? Uh, what did you, you know, I know some of the reasoning that you had for it wanting to take that trip but if you feel comfortable i want you to share some of the reasons why you decided to step outside of your comfort zone and take that trip um mostly because it was with my my grandma and my Gigi, my great grandma uh-huh. um i just wanted wanted to you know like be there and not just like stay stay in the room all the time and then just like eat. you wanted to connect with them yeah and i even i even went on the city transport which was <laughs> quite an experience for me mostly because of the train so like there was this guy and he was just you took a bus and a train right yes okay go ahead um he was just yelling about really dumb stuff. He even said at one point, you know, just don't talk to me. I can't remember. It was a whole thing, but me and Gigi laughed, and then we went into the mall and then kind of just walked around a bit. Oh, we... And going on the bus was kind of fun. Like, there were there were two people, this this old man and this lady who were just singing along a to a... a he brought a like a boombox on, and they were just singing along, along to the song. Yeah, it's probably a speaker, but in your mind, it was a boombox, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know it's two thousand twenty. Yeah, it's probably it's was a speaker. Yeah, they, I didn't really look around. But... In your mind, though, you saw a boombox. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I know that you said that uh, your 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 grandmother had lost uh, she, her father had passed away, and you felt like you didn't feel any emotion towards him, you know, not, not any deep emotion towards him dying, and that bothered you. Yes, her father and her husband. Right. I, I. So you wanted to go to Minnesota so that you could establish those connections. 
Yes. Deeper connections, especially with your Gigi, because you know you already have a deep connection with your grandma, right? Yes. My my grand grandfather, I could tell that he really did he really did love us. Mm-hmm. You know, he I even got a gift from him once. But yeah, he really did want to kind of spend time with us. And it was just really it really made me think that I just didn't I didn't really feel anything mm-hmm. when I when I heard that he had passed. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, and for someone like uh, her husband who um, who also passed, who kind of had an impact on my mom's childhood, you know, it it was just like a surprise. Yeah. So you feel like you had a successful, you know, I know you, you, you like I said, you always been close to your grandma, but do you feel like you got what you wanted out of your relationship with your Gigi? Yes, I definitely did. That's good. Um, so I know I said it was the last thing, but I think it's only fit not in the in the episode on on a topic that I know you uh, care about very much, which is your mother. Uh, you get uh, very protective, very emotional uh, when it comes to your mother. Tell me. And I know that I have often told you, above all, you take care of your mother. Um, tell, if you can, if you can describe it, what is it? What does your mother mean to you? What is uh, her relationship, her feelings, and all these other things? What do they mean to you? Um, they, it's really just how much I love her and how much she's helped me through. Um, you still say she's, she's the one you call when you need to calm down. Yes. Um, I do remember, uh, when, when she, when she got mad at me, I can't remember why specifically, but, mm-hmm. um, I, at first I didn't really understand, but when I just put everything down and really thought about it, I realized that I thought there's usually, I just. I have this attitude where I think everyone else is in the wrong and I'm in the right. Mm-hmm. And I don't like admitting I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So like when she got home, I decided to just go outside and apologize to her because I was, I, I just did something really stupid. I can't remember what I did, but it was just dumb. Yeah. And I'm glad that she forgave me. Of course. You recognize that she loves you more than anything, right? Yes. As do I. Um, you know, you, uh, I sometimes like to watch you and your mom and your, your, your brother and your mom because of the fact that I lost my mother so early in life. And I really enjoy watching the mother son relationship. Um, and I make sure that I kind of push you guys sometimes to not taking your mother for granted because it's, it can be easy to do, especially when you've had her your whole life. And, uh, God, has blessed y'all to, you know, to continue to have your mother. But for me, uh, when it was snatched away so early, uh, uh, it just gives me a different perspective. So sometimes I can get really hard on y'all when it comes to how y'all treat your mom. Uh, as you know, I've, that's pretty much the only thing I go off on y'all about. Um, and you've often asked me a lot of questions about my mom. And things of that nature. But before in this episode, 
or anything you want to ask, anything you want to get off your chest? Um, can I talk about my dyslexia real quick again? Oh yes, I'm sorry. We need to go back to your, yeah, go back to your dyslexia. I'm sorry. Um, I would say that my dyslexia has been a real impact on my life. Before, uh, I actually did go to this, um, what was it called? Peter's Colony. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was honestly a struggle for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did have a few friends. Right. And I do, English class was always nice. But um, when when it came time to go to Spanish class, it was just always confusing for me. I never got anything. I never really picked up anything mm-hmm. from that. And I always you cry. Yeah. And when we would have to ask, I would have to ask like the two people right next to me, how do I spell this or say this? Mm-hmm. And that was always a struggle for me. And I do remember one time where when you picked me up from school, I can't remember if I had to leave early or something like that, but you asked me, do you like this? Mm-hmm. And I feel, I think I burst out into tears because mm-hmm. I just, I just didn't like it. I don't know, you yeah. know, what brought that on, but right. you know, I just, it was just wasn't fun for me. You're struggling. Yeah. yeah. And then the new year rolled out and summer was coming to an end. And you, you and mom asked me, I mean, yes, you and mom asked me if I would like to go to the Stewart's Creek where they offered, um, uh, those dual, I can't remember what they call these, the classes yeah. where you were staggered. Yeah. Two grades. Yeah. Two together. grades in one class. Yeah. And I said, yeah, sure. And then I met my teacher, Miss Estes, who, you know, uh, recognized that I had dyslexia. I don't know how she did it, but she recognized that I had dyslexia and I started going to these classes. Mm-hmm. At first, I actually didn't know what it was for mm-hmm. at all. Um, but one day when we were sitting down, you, mom, you were like in the kitchen and mom, me and mom were doing like homework or something. And she told me, and and I remember that I said, is there something wrong with me? And I I was just crying again. Uh, but Yeah, I remember. Yeah. What I have a question. What was it like when when you found out that I had dyslexia? Uh you know, I, I, I first thing I, I could only think about was the episode of the Cosby show when uh, Theo found out. But uh I said, Okay, well because it was frustrating for us because we knew that you were gifted, so we couldn't understand why you were struggling. Because you, the, our conversations with you, anybody that, and you were so you were young, you were like uh, Miss Estes was your third grade teacher. First, well, first, yes, first grade. No way. Yes, man, time is flying. Anyway, at that time, you were having such high level conversations that it made no sense to us for you to be struggling in school. So actually kind of finding out that you had dyslexia was kind of just like that episode of the Cosby show. It was a relief. It was a relief because we knew there had to be some kind of reason. 
as to why this guy who's so smart uh, was having so many issues in school. So yeah, that's what it was like for us. Definite relief. And, um, you know, you became, I believe, at that school or at that time, I'm not positive, I don't want to make nothing up, but I don't know if they'd had anybody who was uh, had a learning disability like dyslexia, but also uh, accepted into GT, which means gifted and talented. Yeah, I wasn't really accepted into GT until much later. Yeah. Um, but I happened. do, yeah, I do remember, I can't remember who said that you should start do, doing this with this kid, but um, yeah, I started going to those tests and doing those tests. Oh, wait, actually, I do remember. We, everyone in my class did um, uh, like a test to see, you know, who who could have the possibility to go into GT. And I actually, you know, since we shared a room with the GT kids and I was in dyslexia class, it was, um, I got to see kind of the stuff they were doing and I thought it was really fun what they were doing. And I just really wanted to do that. So that was a kind of a long-term goal for me, Mm -hmm. you know, get into these classes. So apparently I did, did my the best on the non-speaking test, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And when I got got there and got into GT, everyone was happy. And what really made me happy was, um, you know, getting there, like being able to do this. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of, kind of a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. I would say. It was the... The teacher, um, it was just, it wasn't fun with her. Yes, she was just like kind of not really mean, but not really understanding. And I found out later that I wasn't really the only one. It was everyone there that no one really liked her. And when she finally decided to retire, it was just a huge relief for all of us. Yeah, I'm going to cut this off. <laughs> Oh, with that poor lady sitting. But go ahead, keep talking, man. Yeah, but um, yeah. After that, when she decided to retire, uh, it was it, it didn't really get better. It because they started like bringing in teachers from really mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, and then because there wasn't one singular teacher, mm-hmm. it was like all the everyone from every grade that was in GT. GTA came, not GTA. Oh man, GT. Oh man, came, now came. you're gonna have now you're gonna have the people on us. You know, they let them, they let them play GTA. Yeah, actually, no, they don't. No, they do not. Go ahead. Yes, and we started, and they just started bringing teachers from all over the place, and then no one really had any. Directive, and I could see why because it was kind of the end of the year, mm-hmm. so you know, just wasn't as, as as fun for you or as productive for you as you remember it being. Yeah, but um, it was, but it, I feel like we didn't really, me and the other kids in that class didn't really get to, you know, like. Flourish like it was just really stressful for all of us. 
Well, for me, because I was scared that I would be, you know, put out. Put out. And, you know, that was scary for me. But then I also just uh, graduated um, dyslexia class, which was good for me. But yeah, and now I'm here. So now you're here. And you are, your name is Donovan Corley, and you are exceptional. I was trying to get you to say a little introduction to all your schoolwork that you could say. Oh, um, I'm Donovan Corley, a seventh grade student at Rise on Gray Academy, and I am a Namani genius. All right, everybody, that's our show. Uh, Raising a genius, uh, definitely not doing it alone. Uh, now you hopefully gain some insight into what it feels like to uh, to to uh, be Donovan Corley and have a uh, you know. An exceptionally handsome father uh, who uh, could be in the running for the best dad ever. Um, So I've heard. (laughs) Uh, You can confirm that. It's okay. You can. They can't see you shaking your head. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right, everybody. That's our show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know I did. Uh, He had a lot more to say than I thought he did. And uh, I want you to say one thing to you, son. I love you, man. Let me do that. Whatever it is, everybody, what did I tell you? Genius Loaded. He is very different. Uh, I hope that the message that he got across is that even at a young age, he understands that there is safety in his vulnerability I, I, heard, I hope that that's the message they got across to, to anyone listening as someone who was a fatherless who is a fatherless father that's a message that I didn't receive I didn't find safety in vulnerability for the majority of my life and that was costly So I'm hoping that my sons know and understand better. And I think that if you hear the things that Donovan was saying, I was pretty smart at 12, but uh, I didn't have that comfort or or that level of insight and understanding of the things that I was going through. He's processing He comes up and he says what he feels. Some of the time, not all the time. Some of the time, it'll blow your mind. Some things you say, sometimes it'll make you, you know, shake your head. Shake your damn head. Donovan, what are you talking about? But he believes it. He believes it. That's all that's important. That's all that's important. So I appreciate y'all listening to this episode Um, remember the message is always the underlying message the underlying theme is always vulnerability is sexy